Welcome to the Morning Sly Show with Super Sly 75. You're listening to OnTheWakeUpRadio.com. Sign up for OTWTube.com, uncensored free speech platform. Shout out to our super producer, Cindy Ashby. All shows are live on TheWakeUpRadio.com. Catch replays on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, as well as otwtube.com. And now back to your host, Super Sly 75. <clears throat> What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? All right, I'm going to attempt another live stream and let us say a prayer to the YouTube gods that they find me in good favor because I'm tired of them messing with me. Everybody else can come here and say what they want. Some of the most egregious, disrespectful, and hell, demonic shit on here. I don't be saying anything. Let your boy live. Let me cook. Shit. Okay. <clears throat> Kayana, hey, I am Q. What's happening? Carrie, hey. Uh, no, wait, bruh. The- they're just doing jury selection. What do you, I'm not sure what you're talking about for Tory Lanez. It's just, it's just jury selection, bruh. Relax. Nick Cannon is not dying. Nick Cannon, Nick Cannon does not have pneumonia. He has, he does not have any, there's not, I will, I'll, we'll get into all that. All right, Chapman, what's happening? Just got off. I know it's uh, going to be one. <laughs> Uh, Jim 21 be wise. What's happening? Yeah. Mr. K2B2. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to try to come back and redo that. The Michael Jackson stream, but I pretty much it was, it made all my points. It just really kind of got me off sooner than what I planned on, you know, but I pretty much, um, laid my points out as to why I believe Michael is, is still alive, but you know, so, uh, London link. Hey, it's been a minute. Toledo. <clears throat> Uh, Lucid, I got Dodge Ram for the clams. Okay. Uh, Techie, yes, you got to take it up a notch. Bro, I just, no, bro. <laughs> I don't want, no, I'm just trying to be me. The truth gets you, I'm not even, listen, I'm not even out here doing truth stuff. I'm not doing no truth or shit. I'm, you know, high chief, what's happening? Fair, what's happening? Yeah, Greg D, yeah. Hey, you listen, that Wednesday series? phenomenal i i know i know some guys are like it's woke it's feminist it's wednesday come on that we all grew up watching the adams family listen we all grew up who ran the marriage between morticia and 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 the husband who ran that relationship that marriage morticia 
that man would do anything Morticia said. Okay. We all grew up watching the Adams family. What, what, what's, what, what was his name? Gomez, right? Gomez was a total simp fool, whatever. He loved him some Morticia. He loved him some Morticia. Morticia could do no wrong in his eyes. Okay. All right. Gomez loved him some more. more. Listen. Okay, let's let's go Cosby show. Who ran the marriage in the Cosby show? Wednesday's dope, man. Come on, man. Listen, I tell you, if you watch something, you can find something, anything, you can find anything wrong with any series, TV series or, or, or movie, you know. Um, yo, she killed it. So where was all this when Christina Ricci was playing Morticia? I didn't hear all this. But you know what, man, listen, yeah, hell yeah. So listen, don't get caught up in everybody else's narrative because they have to say these things because it gets them paid. A lot of these people that come on here have to say these things because it knows it will get them paid. All right. I'm not here to get paid. All right. Yes. Shit, Gomez was super sipping for his wife. Did anything for his wife. But then you look at some of these YouTube guys and their relationships with their women. And from what they reveal, you can tell who runs what in their relationship. Okay? I'm not here for that. I turned it into a ghetto name. <laughs> I'm not here for that. Though, Mr. Chat, what's happening? Yeah, that's right. Raul Julia, rest in peace. Yes, Gomez loved him some Morticia. Morticia could do no wrong. That's how I want my man. That's what's up, Roscoe. Okay. So let's do this. So let's piggyback from this morning because I uploaded the live stream from a year ago from the, 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 the Tupac, right? And what have I always said about this business? Nobody beats this business. Nobody wins. If the great Michael Jackson couldn't do it, then nobody can. Okay. And I stand by that. Nobody, if, if Michael Jackson had the biggest bargaining chip in the history of music ever, if he couldn't do it, nobody can. Somebody said, what about Ray Charles? He beat it. Oh, did he now? Yeah, somebody had the nerve to, to mention Ray Charles. Ray Charles, he beat it. Oh, did he? Okay. And, you know, me being me, I don't respond. I just, I will improve the argument. So let's look up who owns. Stop. Pac is not a kill from the Jurassic Five. Stop that shit. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Now I'm going to make one more Pac rant and I'm going to leave it alone. Okay. Yes. It is perfectly legal to fake your death 
in Las Vegas, in Nevada. It is perfectly legal to fake one's death in the state of Nevada. I did a video about this two years ago. Okay? Two years ago. Here's why I say if he did, he would not be here in the U.S. And if he is in the U.S., he would not come back as a, as a, as a famous public persona. Okay? Hear me out. If Pac really did fake his death, the biggest mistake he would do, he could make, is come back as a reinvented another uh, public persona. Just say, let's just say if he is, I kill from Jurassic 5. Because I'm so tired of this, this nonsensical theory. Do you realize when Pac died, he was still on bail for the sexual assault case? Let that sink in. He was still on bail. He still had a trial to go through for that sexual assault case. So if I'm going to fake my death, I know I got New York hanging over me with this, with this sexual assault case. Why would I fake my death only to come back out into the public as another rapper? If it makes sense to you, then that's all that matters. He was still on bail for that assault case. Okay. I'm going to leave it at that. Now, somebody had mentioned Ray Charles beat it. Ray Charles, Ray Charles, really? Okay. Mr. I got a better deal than Sinatra. Okay. So I don't spaz. I don't trip out. None of that. I just improved the argument. And it, it gets a little bit tiring when people o- are always looking to prove that you're wrong. Okay. And I don't understand what part of the music business do you not understand that, I, that I'm a part of. Okay. So somebody said Ray Charles. I said, all right, bet. You know what? Let's go. Let's go. Had he served. Who the hell would fake their death knowing you have an assault case hanging over your head back in New York only to come back out as another public persona? If it makes sense for you, then that's all that matters. Now, Ray Charles. Somebody said, Ray Charles beat it. Mr. I got a better deal than Sinatra. Okay. And I'm not a hater. I just improved my argument. But once again, it does get a little bit daunting when people only come here just to say, to try to prove you wrong, to go against your narrative. Okay. So let me find this article real quick. Here we go. Okay. Now, one thing I need everybody to take into context we're talking pre-1964 okay there's ray charles before 1964 and then there's ray charles post 1964 now this is two years ago so for whoever in that in, in the in the chat this morning 
wanted to holler Ray Charles, this is for you. Okay? This is for you. Primary wave. This is from uh, May 20th, 2020. Because, you know, y'all just dying to find somebody to beat the music business. Okay? Primary wave grabs majority stake in Ray Charles's pre-1964 catalog and multi-million dollar deal. And once again, there's two Ray Charles we talk about. There's Ray Char- Charles uh, pre-1964 and then there's Ray Charles post-1964. Okay? Oh, you're gonna let me know. You're not gonna let me read. Oh, okay, I'm gonna do this. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Because everybody knows everything. Primary Wave published and announced today, this was two years ago, its acquisition of the pre-1964 music publishing catalog of the genius singer, songwriter, pianist, and composer, composer, sorry, Ray Charles from his heirs. Y'all keep talking this stupid myth of generational wealth. Who do these people get it from? His heirs. The Jew ain't got to do nothing. You give it back to him freely. Kazars have n- don't have to do nothing. You give it back to them freely. So for whoever had enough gumption and gall and was too dumb enough to look up some shit, hollering that Ray Charles beat it. I wish the fuck you were in this chat tonight. I wish the fuck you were in this chat tonight with your dumb ass. The acquisition includes a majority of the U.S. publishing from some of the Grammy Award winner and Kennedy Center honorees biggest hits, including What I Say, Ain't That Love, and I Got a Woman. Primary Wave Publishing announced today they have finalized an agreement with the heirs of Ray Charles, which will see the dynamic publishing firm acquire a majority stake in the U.S. publishing revenues from the pre-1964 catalog of the 17-time Grammy Award-winning singer, songwriter, composer, and pianist. Often referred to as the genius, Charles pioneered the genre of soul music during the 1950s, His impressive multi-award winning 50-year career left an indelible mark on contemporary music all over the world and is credited to him using a combination of blues, gospel, R&B, rock, country, and jazz when he created his groundbreaking hits. Terms of the uh, multi-million deal include a majority of the U.S. publishing as well as all administration rights. That means they're in charge of it. That means they have to sign off on it. You want to use a Ray Charles sample? 
pre-1964, you have to get their permission. They're John Hancock. For some of the soul legend's biggest hits, such as What I Say Ain't That Love and I Got a Woman, which was famously sampled by Kanye West in his hit song Gold Digger featuring Jamie Foxx. The agreement also includes access to primary ways publishing infrastructure, which includes digital strategy, licensing and sync opportunities, publicity, branding, and film and TV production. Ray Charles was a, a unique artist, genius, and Primary Wave is the perfect, creatively proactive company to look after his music and legacy. We are thrilled to welcome Ray Charles into the Primary Wave family and are excited to work with his heirs to help shape the future of his legacy, says Bill Cisneros, president of Primary Wave IP Investment Management. Now, does this sound like him beating the, the business? Does this sound like him beating the business? Does this sound like him beating the business? Does this sound like, does this sound like a Michael Jackson-esque power move? So, no more Ray Charles talk. No more Ray Charles talk. Okay. I don't want to hear anything else. I, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to hear anything else. Okay. They're in here. <laughs> they're watching the clouds. <laughs> yeah. They ain't got to do nothing. It's your people. They have no idea what, what's involved with the administration of, of music publishing. They have no idea. They don't want to put in the work. The one about little rich and his estate. Oh shit, we got, I guess we can look it up. I mean, I guess we can, you know, let's look, let's look up. Uh, okay, let's do that. Who owns Little Richard? Music. I want to say publishing. Publishing. Okay, so this is from April. Oop. Oh, that's art. I don't care about that. Okay. Give me a moment. We're gonna find. We're gonna. We'll figure it out together. Let's see what this article says. Okay, Mike gave it back to him. Blah 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 blah. Mm. Nope. Let's see how he lost his publishing to begin with. So he died at 87. 
Okay, it was Art Rupee. Purchased the right to the song for $50. Little Richard's contract gave him only half a cent for each record sold. He says, I was a dumb black kid and my mama had 12 kids and my daddy was dead. I wanted to help them, so I took whatever was offered. Tweety Fruity sold 500,000 copies and Little Richard only earned $25,000 from it. Um, he received no royalties. When his hits were used in movies and covered by white singers in 84, he sued specialty records for 112 million and they never paid royalties and went to settle for an undisclosed amount. And then Mike came through. He said, I had signed a very bad deal with specialty. If you wanted to record, you signed on their terms or you didn't record. I got half a cent for every record sold. Whoever heard <laughs> cut in a penny in half. Didn't matter how many records you sold if you were black. The publishing rights were sold to the record label before the record was even released. Tweety Fruity was sold to Specialty for $50. Okay, Rupi went on to defend himself saying that the deal with Little Richard was fair, especially considering the singer hadn't had a hit yet when Specialty bought Tweety Fruity. He says, when I made a deal, I kept my deal. I went beyond my deal. There was ample profit in making a successful record. I made plenty of money. My artists made plenty of money. I didn't share in their personal appearances. I gave them a fair contract, particularly an unknown. I gave them a very, very low rate and I would increase it with time and performance like you do in any industry. Okay. So his son, Danny Penniman is the heir, but I can't find, it's not saying who I guess it's still with, with this, with this, with this offspring. Um, let's do this. Let's change the publishing to songs. Uh-oh. 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 LG Music Pub Publishing makes their mark with global publishing rights to Little Richard Catalog. I'm never fucking wrong. Don't ever, ever dispute, debate me about this shit. I'm never wrong about this disagree kiss my ass i'm never wrong about this ever i haven't been wrong in six seven years about this shit i told you everybody's gonna start selling this shit off i told you this three years ago i'm never wrong kiss my ass kiss my ass One of, to date, one of LG Music Pub's most notable accomplishments was acquiring global publishing rights to the songs from Little Richard catalog in 2018. So Michael Jackson pulled off the greatest publishing heist in musical history to give it back to his people. And how do you reward Michael Jackson? You give it back to the people. You give it back to the people. 
the same people y'all bitch about, them Jews, Leo Cohen and Jimmy Iovine and Clyde Davis and uh, and 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 uh, who's the the old the old the old Jews? I met Erkin. These are the same people y'all complain about year after year, year after year. Mike did everybody a solid, and here you some bitches want to give it right back to the damn people. This was in 2018. LG procured Little Richard's incredible musical works by signing a worldwide publishing agreement with Keith Winslow. Well, who the hell's Keith Winslow? A renowned songwriter, entrepreneur, and personal friend of Little Richard. But okay, but who are you? How the hell you get access to Little Richard's shit? What is Wait, what? <laughs> how, how, how you get, I've never heard of you. Wow, let's continue. That business acquisition had an equitable out- outcomes for both LG and Winslow. In between Little Richard's many hiatuses from the music industry, he and Winslow returned to the studio in 1970 to record California I'm Coming, featuring vocals and music by Little Richard and the Little Richard Band. Here's their information. Here's the contact person. They're out of they're out of Georgia. That's 404. That's Georgia. That's Atlanta, right? Who is this? This is the woman here. This is her. Okay. Okay. I mean, I guess it's black owned. So I guess that's okay, right? But y'all keep hollering this generational wealth. So if you have any questions about what they're going to do with Lil Richard's music, here's the contact information. There you go. There you go. Matter of fact, let me write this shit down. My goddamn self. Shit, I got some songs I want to get off. I want to get off on, if you don't mind. <laughs> ah, notes. Yeah, let me, uh, this may come in handy for me. Shit. Fuck what you talking about. Okay. Oh, you know what? Let's do this. Since we're talking about ownership, because, you know, it's too easy to pick on urban artists. So let's do this. Let's do this. Sylvester Stallone's been in the news as as of late because he's had issues. He's complaining about the Rocky franchise. Okay. Well, you know what? Let's do this real quick. Before we get into Sylvester Stallone. Let's see. 1960. Okay. Single, single, singles. Singles. All right. So let me show you guys a stark difference. Between, that's why we say when we talk about Ray Charles, we talk post-1964 and pre-1964. All right? So, 
primary has everything up until 1964, which is the majority of, of his hits. Okay. Post-1964, he never charted again. You understand? Let me break it down for y'all real quick for the slow people. They get all the all the albums he he recorded for Atlantic. Mr. I got a better deal than Sinatra. Remember that? He left the little bitty label went to Atlantic. Right? Yeah, he left ABC, went to Atlantic. So this is everything from ABC and Atlantic. Pre-1964. Post-1964, he never charted. Well, he never sold anything past gold. Do you understand? So they got the best of his music. They got his best music. That's why I say, when you talk Ray Charles, which one are we talking about? Pre-1964 or post-1964? Because after 64, he really ain't do shit. Matter of fact, let's, I'll play the game with y'all. So 1962, number one album, it went gold, right? So his country, his country album with one and two, they both were certified gold. Okay. After 1964, his label chart, his label charts went from 80, 116, 15, 52, 76. These are chart positions. 51, 167, 172, 155, 155, 52, 52, 186. So he, he didn't do shit after 1964. That was That's when he peaked. That was, those were his best years. See, I wouldn't buy this shit either. Post-1964. He didn't do anything. Respectfully. Okay. Here's more albums, no certifications. The last time he, he charted, thanks for bringing love around again. Genius loves company. This one charted number one, three times platinum. Plat okay, that was, but that was a bunch of his old hits. It was a compilation album. That doesn't fucking count. He did, he, yeah, after 1964, he didn't do squat. He fell off. That's what we would say, he fell off. He didn't have the itch anymore, right? Okay. He wrote his best music while on heroin. I know, I know I hate to say it. He wrote his best music while on heroin. Sorry. Sorry. They got the best. Exactly. They got the music from him that matters. They got the music from him that matters. Pre-1964, 15 albums he recorded from the 50s to 64. Okay? Now. So let's let's pick on some white people. Because it's too easy for me to sit here and, and, and tell you all the nuances about how blacks don't own anything music. Okay, let's do Sylvester Stallone. Because he's been whining or as of late. Rocky franchise. Okay. He yeah, he's been bitching and crying and whining. Talk about I'm not gonna go see Creed 3. 
I'm not gonna go see Creed 3. Here we go. Now, mind you, Stallone did what probably no other screenwriter has ever done for an unknown. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Urban Winkler. You've heard of that name. Here we go. So <laughs> after revealing his frustration regarding his lack of stakes in the franchise to variety in 2019, in which he said he has zero ownership of Rocky Stallone expressed his anger towards Winkler through several Instagram posts that condemn him as remarkably untalented and parasitical. In July, Stallone blamed Winkler for withholding ownership of the franchise and called for a fair gesture from the Rocky producer, saying, I would really like to have at least a little of what's left of my rights back before passing it on to only your children. Now, here, here, pay attention to how this works. After writing, people forget he won an Oscar for this shit, for writing, for writing Stallone, uh, writing Rocky. He was an unknown. Nobody ever heard of this dude. Not only did he write the screenplay, he starred in his own in his own damn screenplay. That was unheard of. On top of him winning an Oscar for this motherfucker, right? Let's go. After writing and starring in Rocky, Stallone revealed that he made significant profits but ended up with zero ownership over the 1976 original and films to follow. Despite profiting from the films on the back end, the 76-year-old star currently holds no ownership rights of the eight films in the Rocky franchise, including the six Rocky films and the spinoff and sequels a series Creed. Why doesn't Stallone have any stake in the series? In short, Stallone never written into the Rocky ownership and was unsuccessful pushing for the rights later into his and the franchise's career. According to Variety, the Rambo star made an effort to gain ownership after Rocky 2 and 3 made even larger dividends than the first film, but was shot down by his attorney, Jake Bloom, who insisted that the studio would deny Stallone any rights. So since Stallone was preoccupied with other things and was in a pretty weak position to say anything, he refrained from pushing the matter at that time. Despite initially feeling disempowered to fight for a stake in the franchise, this is Sylvester fucking Stallone, okay? Stallone told Variety that he confronted MGM, who owns the rights to the films in 1985 prior to the release of Rocky IV, despite certain code of business conduct that discouraged ruffling the feathers of the golden goose. I said, does it bother you guys that I've written every word? I've choreographed it. I've been loyal to you. I promoted it, directed it, and I don't have one percent that I can even leave for my children. And that quote was, you got paid. And that was to hear the conversation. Yes, Stallone still made significant profits from the films. According to Variety, Stallone made about $35,000, including $25,000 for the screenplay and $2,000 for the acting. Once again, when's the last time you saw an unknown screenwriter get his shit greenlit and then they let him star in it? He was an unknown and the motherfucker got nominated for fucking Oscar. Okay, it got nominated for an Oscar. All right. 
He also noted that he made $2.5 million from the, front, from the films, from the first film sales on the back end. Stallone also reported that he made $75,000 for Rocky II and $120,000 for Rocky III, alongside millions on the back end. Stallone evidently blames Winkler and other producers for financially taking advantage of artists and profiting from their work. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound familiar? That sounds like black artists complaining, right? Throughout history, so many artists in every industry. Oh, wait, 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 okay. Throughout history, so many artists in every industry, recording Penny, writing your name, it has been destroyed by these blood suckers who have destroyed so many families, lining their pockets with other people. That sounds like a black rapper complaining about his publishing, right? That's like a black rapper complaining about his publishing. Okay. They, they, don't he sound like a black rapper complaining about publishing? Right? That's what it sounds like, right? That's what it sounds like? So ask me how this, <laughs> ask me how this turned out for Stallone. Ask me, does, did, did they ever give in and give him a percentage of Rocky? No. Ask me, did, how did this turn out for him? Did he win? No. Did they give him anything? No. Did you have a meeting? No. Okay. Once again, I, I wanted to show this aspect of it because people accuse me of only picking on black artists. No, everybody gets jacked. The fuck? Everybody gets jacked. Everybody. Now. Now that I got Ray Charles out the way, but who we want to talk about next? Who we want to talk about next? Let's see. Who else is up? Let's see. Oh, yes. Let's talk about Alexander Zarini. Alexander Zarini. If you don't know who that is, I'm sure if you, you own a pair of Gucci slides, then, then you know who I'm talking about. Okay. Now, let's look up 10 things you didn't know about Alexandra Zarini. Okay. Once I talk, uh, remember I, I talked about a while back about fashion and these fashion institutions, these fashion houses that you black folks somehow thought Kanye was going to just magically disrupt. Y'all thought Balenciaga was going to go away and Adidas was going to go away in the gap because Kanye acting a monkey. These are fashion houses. Who watched uh, the House of Gucci? with Lady Gaga. It's an excellent film about how Gucci came to be. Let's look at 10 things we didn't know about Alexandra Zarini. And then we'll get into what she's talking about. She's the great granddaughter of the founder of Gucci. Hey, remember we was all going crazy over those Gucci belts a few years ago. I got one. 
I got a Gucci belt. I sure do. No shame. Okay. Her mother is a Gucci. Okay. Her mother was married. Oh, her mother married when she, okay. Her mother had been one. She was doing, okay. Okay. She married. Okay. When she was older. Okay. 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 This is, we'll get into number three. We'll get into it. Okay. So she came. So her mother's new husband, Ruffalo, she came out in 2020 and accused her stepfather of sexually abusing her from the time that she was six until the time she turned 22. She is currently 35. According to documents she filed recently in California, he would get into her bed at night and touch her. We're going to come back to that. I just want people to understand and get a backstory of who this woman is. Okay. This woman is heir to a fashion house. And you niggas talking about some goddamn Kanye. Let's continue. She turned to drugs to cope on with what was going on in her life. She had a hard time because of it. She used drugs heavily to dull the pain of being sexually abused. She states her family knew. It's one thing to have a step parent sexually abuse you for nearly 16 years, but she also states that her own mother knew. Not only did her mother know, but she also states that her own grandmother knew. She states in her complaint that her mother would often often hire oh, her I don't know hire her and attempt to strangle her and then her stepfather would make it stop and then molest oh my gosh they play good cop bad cop wow so they play good cop bad cop she says her mother knew and even facilitated this at times and that she told her grandmother when she was only 16, she claims her grandmother told her not to tell anyone else what was going on. Of course, Ruffalo denies it. Her mother also came forward and said she did not know this was happening, but that she did know about it as of 2007. That's 13 years ago, which would make it seem that she found out about her, her daughter's abuse at the hands of her own stepfather when it came to the age of 22. When her mother found out her daughter was being abused by her own husband, she divorced him. She knew as of 2007 and ended their marriage when she found out, though her daughter says she knew for many years. Nothing was done about the abuse, however, but the heiress has decided to come forward now uh, to make sure that the world knows that they need to stop this and that they need to protect the children. As much as I agree, uh, no one's coming to, to see the children. Okay. Okay, here's the weird part. This is crazy. Her own mother had a difficult childhood. Patricia is the daughter of Aldo Gucci and his wife, Bruna Palumbo. However, her father did not marry her mother until Patricia was 24. Her mother, Bruna, worked for a Gucci store when Aldo met her and began an affair with her. He was already married with three boys of his own and he got Bruna pregnant. He did not acknowledge his daughter at all because adultery was illegal at the time. However, he began to acknowledge her when she was 19 and he put her on the board for the company. Even bastard children get access to generational wealth with these people. 
Okay. Okay. All right. Alexandra does not have social media of her own. It's so it's hard to learn about her. We don't know much about her personal life. She doesn't talk about it. Okay. What else? What else? Okay. Yes. If, if you watch the movie House of Gucci with Lady Gaga and I believe Jared Leto, it's an excellent, excellent flick. Now, let's get into the actual issues with it. She has filed a lawsuit in, in, in LA against three family members. This was from two years ago, right? This is from two years ago. On Tuesday, Alexandra Zarini, the 35 year old granddaughter of Aldo Gucci, the man responsible for transforming an, an, an artisanal leather, leather goods house into a global behemoth filed suit in the California Superior Court in Los Angeles. In it, she describes years of sexual abuse from her former stepfather, Joseph Ruffalo, and complicity, um, complicity, uh, complicity, 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 and a cover-up on the part of her mother, Patricia, Patricia Gucci, and her grandmother, Bruna Palumbo. According to court documents, Mr. Ruffalo, a music manager who worked with Prince and Earth, Wind and Fire, began abusing Ms. Zarini when she was about six years old and continued until she was about 22. In her lawsuit, she describes him regularly climbing naked into bed with her when she was a child and teenager and fondling her private parts, flashing his genitals at her and rubbing his phallus against her body. The lawsuit also claims that her mother, Patricia Gucci and her grandmother knew of the abuse for years and that her mother not only helped groom her for Mr. Ruffalo's advances by allowing him to videotape her naked in the bath, but also regularly hit her. In addition, the suit states that both women threatened her so that she would remain quiet. In a statement emailed to the New York Times, Ms. Gucci wrote, I'm deeply sorry for the pain Joseph Ruffalo at caused Alexandra. What he did to her is inexcusable. And I was de devastated when she disclosed everything to me at our family doctor's office in London in September, 2007. I immediately initiated divorce proceedings against Mr. Ruffalo and set about healing my family through counseling. I'm equally devastated by the allegations against me and her grandmother, which are completely false. Mr. Ruffalo's lawyer says my client has not been served and has not read the complaint. Therefore, he is not aware of all the allegations that the complaint contains. What he has been informed of, he vehemently, vehemently uh, and categorically denies while married to Alexandra's mother, Mr. Ruffalo and his wife were greatly concerned about the mental well-being of Alexandra and took steps to address her instability. Apparently their efforts failed. That is Mr. Ruffalo. And that is the mother, Patricia. Okay. Okay. Now, 
Gucci was subsequently acquired by PPR, which became Keurig. Keurig owns Gucci, Balenciaga, and a whole bunch of other um, products and, and chains that no one's going to protest. And Balenciaga, they also own Balenciaga that nobody's going to sit here and listen. All this Balenciaga talk, there's six other companies under Keurig. Are you going to boycott Keurig too? No. Are you niggas going to burn your Gucci slides? No. I saw fat ass, fat ass federal informant, I mean a Hellcat. His fat ass want to burn all his Balenciaga. Nigga, you are, you're a confidential informant. You're a federal goddamn agent. Nobody takes you serious. Are you going to boycott Gucci? Yes or no? Are you going to burn your Gucci slides and Gucci belts? Yes or no? Ladies, are you going to burn your Gucci purses? Yes or no? Are you going to burn your Gucci shades, your Gucci eye, eye frames? Yes or no? Let's stop the fucking cap, please and thank you. Ain't nobody boycott no goddamn Gucci. Okay? You damn sure ain't going to boycott no goddamn Balenciaga. Stop. Y'all be all right with this fake outrage. Okay? Y'all be all right. Y'all be all right. And it goes into the family's history, how they met. Uh, Aldo Gucci was convicted of tax evasion in the United States and served a year in prison. He died in 1990. Patricia married, had two children, divorced, and then started a relationship with Joseph Ruffalo. Ms. Gucci and her two daughters moved to California to live with him. They later, later married and had a child. Though, according to Ms. Arini, he had already begun abusing her. In the lawsuit, Ms. Arini said that when she had nightmares as a child and climbed, <laughs> climbed into bed with her mother, Mr. Ruffalo would be there naked and she would wake up to find her hand on his phallus. As Ms. Rini got older, she said Mr. Ruffalo's behavior began to escalate. According to the filing, defendant Ruffalo would, would remove his bathrobe so he was completely naked and climb into bed with plaintiff. Plaintiff would lie stiffly in her bed as defendant Ruffalo reached underneath plaintiff's clothes to touch plaintiff's um, genitals or whatever. She also said he attempted to penetrate her with his hands. The lawsuit also describes Ms. Gucci hitting Ms. Arini and sometimes trying to strangle her. Mr. Ruffalo would rescue his stepdaughter and then use his role as her protector to touch her in intimate ways. These, listen, and the, the, the messed up part is these are these are everyday activities in, in these families and these oligarchs well I, I don't put them as oligarchs but let's say middle management families like your roth your rothschilds your dupont your vanderbilts this is this is everyday stuff honestly this is like everyday stuff this is everyday stuff okay like this is not really nothing mind-blowing or groundbreaking earth shattering none of this but this is this is typical shit that goes on in these families there's nothing there's really nothing to see here according to the filing the defendants tried to avoid at all costs what they perceived would be a scandal that could tarnish the gucci name and potentially cost them millions mr ruffalo was still living in los angeles where most of the events recounted took place and she believed her mother had invested money in mr ruffalo's music management company and was concerned about the effect on her own public profile and business. Okay.
On a Zoom call, Ms. Zarini said two incidents and a change in California law led her to decide to move forward with the suit, despite more than a decade having, having elapsed, first, the birth of her own child four years ago, and second, discovering that Mr. Ruffalo was volunteering at a children's hospital in Los Angeles. 2019, Ms. Zarini filed a report with the Beverly Hills Police Department alleging her sexual abuse by Mr. Ruffalo and that he might potentially be in a position to hurt other children. The Be Beverly Hills Police Department confirmed the existence of the report and that the file was still open. Okay. Ms. Zarini went on, I don't care. I just want this. I just want to stop this. She can call me anything she wants. I just don't want this to happen to anyone like my child or any child. Now the her lawyers are are are, are heavyweights. Miserini's lawyers include attorneys from Jeff Anderson and Associates, a firm whose namesake founder has been famous since the 1980s for leading multiple prosecutions of the Catholic Church for child sex abuse. He has sued the Vatican a number of times, and for his resulting public profile, which depicts him as a crusading and publicity hungry in equal measure. Okay. Since leaving Sierra Tucson, Ms. Zarini said she has been financially independent from her family aside for, from, a, from for a few months with her mother, when her mother helped with her rent and she does not have a trust fund, though she did not complete her college degree, she worked in a family office and at an art gallery. Since becoming a full-time mother in 2016, her husband has supported the family. She thinks that whatever money she may gain if she prevails at trial would be less than what she might inherit if she kept quiet. The only thing I would use the name for is something good. She still plans to use it for the first time nonetheless. Said she never wore Gucci clothes growing up or even owned any Gucci other than a small handbag her mother gave her when she when she was 17. Okay. All right. That is Alexandra Zarini. Just another day in the, in the day in the life of these families. Sorry, not sorry. It's really nothing to see here, y'all. Okay. It's really nothing to see here. Okay, the latest update from August 2022. Yeah, so the latest update from August 11, 2022. Yeah, it's, it, it just got started. It just got started. Okay. All right. Okay. Let me do this. Let me get to y'all comments. Another Lifetime movie. Okay. I'm just going through the comments. I never owned a piece, so I'd be all right.
Listen. Listen. <laughs> What's the sense in only boycotting one subsidiary? You know what? Okay, let me get, I'm going I'm to I'm learn y'all t- today because y'all want to play games because y'all really think somehow the people shall overcome. Uh, okay. Oh my gosh. I got, I, I hate doing this to y'all, but okay. I hate doing this to y'all, but okay. I got time. Big groups, houses, houses. Okay. Okay. You ready? You ready to learn to be learned? Why I don't take none of you motherfuckers talking this Balenciaga shit serious? Right? Because if you're going to boycott Balenciaga, you need to boycott everybody that's affiliated or that's under or above Balenciaga. Right? But you're not going to do it. You're, like I said, fake outrage. Let's look at all the brands associated with um, Keurig. Keurig owns everybody. Just about. So, here's who they all own. The houses. Ready? They own Gucci, Yves Saint Laurent, Bottega Veneta, Balenciaga, Alexander McQueen, Rioni, Boucheron, Pomelado, Dodo, and Quilin. Once again, Keurig owns Gucci, Yves Saint Laurent. That's a, that's a hard ass name, Yves Saint Laurent. Bottega Veneta, Balenciaga, Alexander McQueen, Brioni, Boucheron, Pomelado, Dodo, Quilin. Now, for all y'all hollering this bit Balenciaga shit, get your dumb ass out my chat. <laughs> get your dumb ass out my chat. Respectfully. Respectfully, get your dumb ass out my chat. Okay. If you hollering, boycott Balenciaga, get your dumb ass out my chat. It's a, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more than Balenciaga. Okay. Oh, it's buffering again. Are you serious? Oh my gosh. 